0: Hello and welcome to Episode 9 of the Inkwell Gamers Podcast. Today we're going to be focusing on the Amber Amethyst Starter Deck. We'll first be covering its contents, our first impressions versus how we feel about it now, and then giving you guys three additional ways to play this deck. So Dalton will be giving you a budget deck upgrade, I'll be bringing an upgrade that isn't necessarily budget friendly, and then we'll be presenting a third deck. So the third deck will pretty much be a rebuild within these two colors with a lot of powerful cards you might not necessarily see in the starter deck or the upgrades that we have. So with that being said, are you ready to dive in?
1: Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Awesome. All right, so first we're going to get into the the cards in the starter deck, okay? So the first two cards which all name as the signpost cards. These are going to be the the two highest rarity cards that your deck's going to be built around. Okay, mm-hmm. the first one is Mickey Mouse Wayward Sorcerer. This shows that you're going to have some broomstick synergies, some uh, returning to hand synergies, some different card advantage tools, and then you have Moana of Montanui, which shows you that you're going to have some princess synergies in the deck as well. Mm-hmm. Going into the rest of the cards, we have two Hey Hey Snacks, three Olaf Friendly Snowman, two Pascal Rapunzel's Companion, three Stitch New Dog, two Dr. Facilier Charlatan, three Magic Broom Bucket Brigade to combo with the Mickey Mouse Wayward Sorcerer, three Minnie Mouse Beloved Princess, part of that princess package, two Yzma Alchemist, two Maleficent Sorceress. Two, Maximus, Relentless Pursuer. Three, Mickey Mouse, True Friend. Three, Rafiki, Mysterious Sage. Three, The Wardrobe Bell's Confidant. Two, Ariel on Human Legs. Two, Cinderella, Gentle and Kind. Again, to go with the Moana. One, Hades, Lord of the Underworld. Two, Jafar, Wicked Sorcerer. Two, Jetsum Ursula, Spy. One, Flotsam, Ursula Spy, which is a little combo there itself. One Sven, official ice deliverer. One Dr. Facilier, agent provocateur. Then we'll get into the items and the songs and the actions. So we have two control your tempers, three Dingle Hoppers, two be our guest, three friends on the other side, one part of your world, and two Hakuna Matata. All right, so this deck has 11 non-inkable cards, so you have a wide density of cards that you can ink every turn as you see fit, and okay. yeah, it's it makes the starter decks a lot more consistent when you can for sure ink something every turn, right? Right. This is also the one starter deck that also has a pretty good amount of card draw options mm-hmm. with friends on the other side maleficent sorceress and you have a little bit of card selection with be our guest and then you just have a lot more card advantage with mickey and the brooms dr facilier agent provocateur as well as hades lord of the underworld so this deck is well actually let's get into our uh, our first impressions here, and then we'll talk about how the deck actually plays out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for me, when we first started playing these starter decks, I don't know what it was, but neither of us could win with this deck.
0: Yeah, it we was, did not like it. <laughs> we did
1: not like it. I think once once at least I got used to it more, I started winning with it more. But at the beginning, it just, it just was not coming together for us. So we did not think it was very good at
0: first. Yeah. I liked the concept behind it. I really like the Mickey Mouse and Broom, which Mm -hmm. I know you're not a huge fan of. But I really wanted to like this deck at first. But like you said, we just weren't winning very much with it. So I think we kind of put it on the back burner for ones that we really wanted to play. Because when we first, when we went to Gen Con, we made sure that we got one of each starter deck. And then so when we got home, we basically said okay you choose one i'll choose one let's play like best two out of three and then how about you choose the third deck and then i'll swap with you and like so we tried to each play multiple games with every deck and for some reason this one just didn't do very well at first and i don't know if it's because we didn't know how to utilize it i guess yeah
1: i think one of the issues with it is that there are a lot of really bad cards in this deck whether Mm -hmm. it's Dinglehopper, Hakuna Matata,
0: Ariel on human legs, Ariel on human
1: legs, <laughs> Cinderella gentle and kind's not that great. Moana is not that great unless you're hard in on the princess theme, which unfortunately Amethyst just doesn't really have much of. Right, and in particular this deck, and it also has some controller tempers, so it just had a lot of really bad cards. Now, with that being said. It also has a lot of really strong cards. Right. It has Dr. Facilier, which might be the one of the better finishers in the uh, starter decks that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. as... Hades, which can provide some card advantage, and then it has Friends on the other side of Maleficent, which when you're comparing the starter decks, none of the other cards have those kinds of card advantage options. So this makes it so you can get to the late game a little bit better. Just makes your deck a lot more consistent than the other decks. Right. So once we once we started playing more this deck really popped out to me as being the best one because I mean really what just happens is that you just ink your hakuna matatas and your dingle hoppers and then all your you can just play all your good cards. It doesn't really matter. <laughs>
0: right. I I do agree in that I feel like I underestimated this deck like you did at the beginning. However, I still don't necessarily think it is the best starter deck. I don't know if I should even say what I think it is at this point. I will say I think this is the middle tier. I don't know. Should I say what I think is the best or should we wait?
1: I think that if someone has listened to this podcast any amount of times, (laughs) they probably know what deck you like the
0: most. I'm pretty outwardly (laughs) biased. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They they know what deck you like. All right, fine, fine.
0: Ruby Emerald. Yeah, they,
1: they know. They know.
0: Although I did, I have kind of switched it up a little bit. We're preparing decks to go and play in League, so I am switching it up. But I am a hardcore fan of the Emerald Ruby deck. But I think this has at least bumped up to the middle tier as far as starter decks go, in my opinion. But I definitely do agree that you and I put this as bottom, but it has proven its worth, shown its potential to be good. Uh, Enough to increase.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I think it's the best now. And part of the reason why is just that the other decks don't have the inevitability that Dr. Facilier, Agent Provocateur, brings. Mm -hmm. It just lets you quest without fear of your opponents banishing your characters because they just come right back. And it lets you challenge your opponent's characters without any worries. And then, obviously, you also have Rafiki, which is a really good card in combination. Well, I mean, it's a really good card anyway. Right. But it's really good with Dr. Facilier because it lets you take out bigger characters in one turn that Rafiki or, you know, the rest of your board might not be able to do. Yeah, Rafiki's Um,
0: really good. I mean, spoiler alert, you're going to hear Rafiki's pretty much going to stay in all of the decks we're going to talk about today. And even on a personal level, for the league deck that I'm preparing, it is a Emerald Amethyst. I even have Rafiki in that one. Like, I didn't see his value at the very beginning, but the longer we go on and the more we play with him, he's becoming one of my go-tos or my must-haves if i'm playing amethyst
1: yeah he's so good against the amber decks when they play down a uh, simba and then your Fiji just comes in and crushes simba it just feels so good it does feel good so yeah this deck has a lot of inevitability it can win the late game and it gets the late game a lot easier than the other decks which is which is why i like it a little bit more but now I think we're going to transition into talking about a budget upgrade for this deck. Okay. Uh, as far as the budget goes, I really didn't want to add in any super rares or legendaries just because I know some of those can be pretty expensive, um, especially
0: right now with there still being a shortage. A shortage. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, I I kind of wanted to throw out a budget option that you guys might find interesting and fun and could compete at the with a little bit stronger decks as well or more expensive decks. Yeah. So uh, the first thing that I did when building this budget deck is I just took out all of the bad cards and you're gonna say which ones are the bad cards. I want to say. you took out
0: Dinglehopper. I took out, Dinglehopper.
1: <laughs> I took out the Dinglehopper. I took out the Dinglehopper. Control your temper. Pretty much all of the princess synergy cards, the Akuna Matadas, the Yizmas, and the Pascal, which isn't necessarily a bad card, it just doesn't really fit into the deck that I was planning on building. And from there, I added another broom to go with the four, another Mickey Mouse Wayward Sorcerer to go with the brooms, uh, two hey hey, I kept that uh, two hey heys, I added. Two more Maleficents, another Rafiki. I took out the two-cost Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. and just added the Simba because if you're not doing the synergies with princesses, then Simba's just a better card every single time. Added in some Dr. Facilier Agent Provocateur because while I was trying to keep it you know, in a specific budget... That is a really powerful card. It's only a normal rare, and that can really help you win the late game consistently as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the one big thing that I definitely did, I just added in the four flossum and the four jetsum because I think flossum is actually just pretty good. It's a 3 3 and with evasive, so it actually matches up. Really well against some of the common threats in the format, like Pongo and Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. uh, the the Emerald Tinkerbell. And then if you're gonna play four of those, I you know, there's a budget deck, so. One, some higher rarity cards, not just some commons and uncommons, so I added the Jet Sums. They're really good at, just like Rafiki is, at eating up some of the cheaper characters as well, and some of the more expensive characters, and the two in combination with each other can just straight up win games sometimes. Yeah,
0: and they're giving each other, each other's abilities too. Mm -hmm. You're getting Rash and evasive if you have both of them out at the same time, so... It's pretty annoying to deal with if you're on the other end of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this deck is just trying to get on the board early, control the board with Archimedes, Dr. Facilier, some hey-hey action, which is pretty good with your eight rush characters and all the... You know, just return a bunch of characters to hand. That makes Hey really good. Uh, makes the brooms a little bit more of threats. So we're just trying to get on the board early, control the board early, and then really overpower them into the mid and late game with Dr. Facilier, Aja, Provocateur. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really strong budget option as a finisher right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. What's the ink ability and like the curve drop look like for this?
1: All right, so as far as Inkables and non-Inkables go, there are 13 non-Inkables in this deck, so a few more than the, the starter deck, mm-hmm. but still, because we added a few more card draw options, went the full four Be Our Guest, Friends on the Other Side and Maleficent Sorceress, we're going to have still a really consistent deck, and 13 really isn't that many anyway. We have bunch of one and two cost characters so we should always be able to at least get on the board early when we're facing the more aggressive amber steel decks or amber emerald decks that really shouldn't be an issue and then we have a bunch of two drops with dr facilier charlatan and the brooms so uh we can keep our curve going and stay stay on tempo with our opponents yeah for sure Uh, And then, of course, four Fikis and four Jetsums really make it so we have a lot more interaction than what these decks normally have.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How would you say that it plays?
1: Yeah, it's a very board-controlling deck. You're trying to get on board early, limit your opponent's resources as far as their board goes, and then just winning in the late game with Dr. Facilier. And these are... The kind of things that you, you have to do when you just don't have a lot of rares, mm-hmm. um, There's there's you have to be able to win in some fashion of the game. And I think having one or two Dr. Facilier's in play really gives you an advantage over other decks because that's just a really hard thing to deal with once you have two in play. And you're questing with them and then they can't really trade into them very well because that one is just going to come back to your hand. They have to have specific spot removal spells because Dr. Facilier, Egypt Provocateur, has a lot of willpower and strength, so it's not an easy thing to challenge. Yeah, I I think this could compete very well against a lot of the more expensive decks. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be as powerful as them necessarily, but... I think it can at least compete.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it for sure.
1: When you saw this deck, Dana, what was, what was your impression of it?
0: I thought it was... I thought you increased a lot of the cards that were in the starter deck that you just needed more quantity of because they're good. Like the Dr. Facilier, they only gave you... of The Agent Provocateur, they only gave you one in the starter deck, but it is a really powerful card, so... Mm-hmm. You could tell that obviously you're increasing the quantity of ones that you want to have more of and that you kept in, but you took out some of the ones that were pretty bad. So, but no, I think it's, I think it's great. The curve of it being a lot of smaller drops to get on the board, start becoming a threat early in the game to your opponents is good as well. Um, I'd be excited to see how this plays.
1: Yeah. I tried to keep it pretty cheap. I think... I have, what, four cards that cost... No, I have eight cards that cost five ink or more, counting Dr. Facilier's shift ability. So it's really, really lean in the early to mid turns, Mm -hmm. which is something that I personally like myself just because I feel like it's really important to get on the board in this game when if you fall too far behind an Emerald deck, there's really no coming back.
0: Right. Do you um, happen to know... Just rough estimate of how much this deck would be?
1: Uh, if you were just buying the cards, this deck... If, if you already had the starter deck, mm-hmm. this deck would probably be less than 20 bucks to buy. The only super rare in here is Mickey Mouse, Wayward Sorcerer. And there's two of those, but you already get one from the starter deck. And they're already cheaper because... They come in starter decks,
0: Yeah. so they're more more uh, available. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're more available, and then Jetsum and Doctor Facilia, Agent Provocateur are like the other rares, but they're just not very expensive. I this deck could be under fifteen
0: bucks. Mm-hmm. And we'll be posting all of the decks that we're talking about today to our Lorcania page, and we'll be putting the links in the bio to this episode. So if you're interested in going to check them out. You can just scroll on down and click directly from this episode. But all right. So moving on to the deck that I created. This is a upgrade that is if you're like, you know what? I don't have a budget. Just give me a starter deck upgrade that is powerful. So we have Elsa Snow Queen. We have four of those. We kept Olaf Friendly Snowman in, just bumped his quantity up. Wayward Sorcerer. We have two of him like Dalton has. The Brooms bumped those up to four like Dalton has. Um, We kept Hades, Lord of the Underworld in there. And Dr. Facilier, Charlatan, and of course Agent Provocateur to go along with that. I also have Maleficent Sorceress. I really like this card. I personally like to put her in my deck that I'm playing with. She's um, just
1: going to go in every aim of this deck for the time being, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So good. <laughs> um Archimedes, another good little one drop that you'll have. And then, of course, Rafiki. I've already alluded to the fact that really like him, so you, of course you're going to have four of him. And then added in a couple Stitch Carefree Surfers. Simba Protective Cub. Jetsum. Took out Flotsam, though. Added in Rapunzel Gifted with a Healing. This card is really good. So...
1: It could honestly be the best card in the first set. Honestly, it's pretty close, probably. Yeah,
0: I mean, think about it. You can basically challenge with all of your other characters before putting her down and whatever damage they accumulate. If it's, you know, within her, her range of what she can heal, you put her down and it's pretty much a wash, like nothing ever happened. So, pretty good. And then... Added some Elsa Spirit of Winter to shift onto your snow queens. And then I really like Ursula as well. So added in a couple of her. We do have just one random befuddle just in case. And then keeping in friends on the other side and be our guest from that starter deck, too, but bumping up those quantities a little bit. Friends on the other side, you're getting one more. BR guest, you're getting two more. So I think this deck, I believe it has 13 non-inkables, so same as Dalton's with the budget deck. So not too much more. You're still getting um, your card draw, so you're you're able to accommodate that. Basically, your strategy for using this one is that, I mean, you have your ulsa that comes in, causes characters to be exerted with her freeze ability, then you can use your Rafiki to basically come in and rush and deal damage to them right away. And then you have Dr. Facilier and then your Mickey and the Brooms that basically return cards to your hand for that card advantage. So definitely think that we have some pretty powerful cards here. A little splash of the Stitch Carefree Surfer. So I don't know. What do you think about it?
1: Yeah, so this looks like a very mid-rangey deck, mid-rangey kind of control deck, and it looks really sweet. I love Stitch Carefree Surfer. I just said Dr. Facilier is a pretty good finisher. But Elsa Spirit of Winter is the truth. That card is bananas. Mm-hmm. So I really like that addition that you added in for sure. And Ursula Power Hungry is also another really good two of. I feel like that's one that's kind of hard to play uh, for, but uh, so I think two is a good number. I like that number for you. I think the one of befuddles actually kind of important because you don't have that many ways to interact with your opponent's characters. So the other than the Rafiki's and you know just challenging normally, so having a befuddle to return maybe their Simba protective cub or. Maybe they have a Lilo in play. That could be really beneficial by a lot of time. So, yeah, I like this deck. It has reasonably high curve, but you can get away with that with all the card draw that you alluded to, all the card advantage. So I don't think that's too much of a worry. And you don't have very many cards that aren't inkable, only 13, so you can kind of get away with having more expensive cards in your deck. And I think having a plethora of, you know, the the selection of cards that you chose is really smart and it looks looks pretty strong.
0: Thanks. I actually kind of want to do something fun here for a second. Will you go back to your deck? Yeah, so I just find it funny. Our ratio of amber to amethyst in each of our decks, we only have 16 and 15 amber cards in each of our decks respectively. So I feel like that tells you which color is the more powerful one between the two in our opinion
1: yeah definitely think amethyst is a more powerful color but these decks aren't built around what amber is good at uh i think the next deck that we talk about will probably have a much more even split on those um Still in the favor of Amethyst, but... Yeah. Um, a little st- bit
0: more. <laughs> you know, it
1: closed the gap a little bit. Closed the gap a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: for sure. All right, are you ready to get into our complete rebuild?
1: Yeah, this deck I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and definitely is a lot of fun to play, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, before we even get into it, as a little hint or spoiler, we're... One thing that was missing from the starter deck and both of the decks that we previously talked about is probably the most powerful. I mean, I think, I know you said Rapunzel is Mm in Amber, but I think this is probably the most powerful card in Amber.
1: Yeah, it's it's close between the two. They're both insanely good.
0: All right, and of course, we're talking about Stitch Rockstar. So let's get into our Stitch Rockstar Amber Amethyst deck.
1: All right, so this deck... Is really sweet. It has a pretty low curve as a Stitch Rockstar deck is uh, wanting to have. So we have four Oloft, four Pascal, four Stitch Rockstar, four Stitch New Dog, four Maleficent Biting Her Time, four Dr. Facilier Charlatan, four Maleficent Sorceress, four Archimedes, four Afiki, four Simba, four Lilo, four Rapunzel, four. Now, you don't see this in a lot of uh, Stitch Rockstar decks, but I'm really interested in it. Four Dr. Facilia, Agent Provocateur, then we get into Actions, two Be fuddle, four Friends on the other side, and two Lanterns. Mm-hmm. So this deck is really cool looking. We have 18 Uninkables, but we can get away with that a little bit because we have... A decent amount of card draw we have lanterns which can make our characters more cheap and then our expensive cards just shift for four and five mana so we really only need to get up to to five hopefully at the top end but we still have a lot of card draw to help help us get there as well mm-hmm. dana when you look at this deck how do you think it's gonna play out
0: So I think your strategy when using this deck is obviously we have a high amount of one and two drops, which is really good for Stitch's ability. And then by adding that Dr. Facilier in there, it helps return whatever cards come exerted from Stitch back into your hand.
1: Yeah, because they have to challenge those cards because they just can't let you untap. Or, you know, they can't let your ink dry when it becomes turn and you have these five, one or two cost cards in play, especially because you're playing four Maleficent Biner times and four Lilo making a wish.
0: Yeah, they quest for two yeah, each. Yeah, That's, they, you don't want to, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can't let your opponent uh let their ink dry with two or three of those in play. So they have to challenge, but then the Dr. Facilier just returns them to their hand and they have to make that trade every single turn.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting deck for sure. Now, just for fun, talking about the ratio, a little bit higher. Still in favor of Amethyst, but we got 22 Amber, 38 Amethyst. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think... You're not only adding the Stitch Rockstar, but you're also adding Lilo Making a Wish, which we previously did not have in our other two decks. Um, for mine, I felt like it just didn't work. And then mm-hmm. for Dalton's with the Lilo, I mean, Lilo is just expensive right now. It's
1: probably like 20 bucks. So Yeah, because she is so
0: good. So for both of our decks, that's why we didn't previously have her. But the fact that we're kind of completely changing our strategy, no budget, those two factors allowed us to be able to add her back in there. Because, of course, I mean, Lilo's good. You want her in your deck. But it has to fit the style that it's it's going to be playing. So that's a, a, that's a pretty cool addition that we previously did not talk about today.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the really cool things about this deck is that depending on which shift character you draw, whether it's Dr. Facilier or uh, Stitch... That could really change up your your game plan. If you draw Stitcherly, then you're just like, flood the board, draw a bunch of cards, uh, overwhelm my opponent's board with card advantage. If you draw Dr. Facilier, you can play a little more defensively. You can challenge their characters a little more aggressively if you need to, especially when you have Rafiki. So that Being able to challenge your opponent's characters and get these cards back to your hand just lets you play a little bit more of a controlling game as well. And if you have both of them out at the same time, well, I mean, if you have Stitch, Rockstar out, you're probably just going ham and drawing a bunch of cards, putting a bunch of cheap characters down. Yeah, so I really like how this deck can play Two different modes depending on which shift character you play. And then you always have the insane draw with Lanterns to play Stitch, Rockstar on turn three. And that's almost impossible for some decks to beat. So... This has a lot of good things going for it. I hope you guys really enjoy this one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like I said earlier, we're putting all of the deck lists on our Lorcania page and our links will be in the bio of this episode. And as a reminder too, in case you missed our last episode, we did cover deck building principles and talked about our strategy when building... Well, it was Dalton. (laughs) I interviewed Dalton. He basically told us his strategy when building decks, what he looks for with his ink curve, ink ability, how to determine kind of the archetype that your deck's going to be playing. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode, go back to our last one and make sure you catch up on that as well.
1: All right. And with that being said, This was a really fun episode. Uh, We're going to have a couple more like this coming up with the different starter decks, so I'm really looking forward to those.
0: For
1: sure. The next one's going to be Emerald and Ruby, and Dana is super pumped to talk about that one. Oh, yeah. And I love Ruby. Actually, I... I love Emerald too. I think they're both really cool colors. So I'm also very excited. I'm just excited to talk about all of them, honestly. You could probably hear my my voice getting louder as I was talking <laughs> because <I'm, Yeah. laughs> I just love this stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be coming up soon. What is also going to be coming up soon, Dana, is that we're going to have a fun little giveaway coming up.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we were able to score each of the starter decks... And we figured, you know, we were very, very fortunate enough to be able to get some at Gen Con already. So we decided that since so many people are still looking for the decks to play with, that we would do a fun little giveaway. So we will have all of the details about that coming up. So make sure that you keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah, so if you want more details on that, please follow us on Twitch and Instagram and YouTube and
0: X. I hate that still.
1: I do too. Twitter. Do too. Just
0: call it Twitter. They got rid of the bird.
1: They got rid of it. It's an X now. I got to call it X. Uh, follow us on all those platforms at Inkwell Gamers. Uh, We will definitely be posting about that giveaway soon and how to enter and what you need to do for that. Yeah. With that being said, my name's Dalton.
0: I'm Dana. Until next time.
1: (laughs) With equal gamers. Have a great day.
0: Why are we awkward?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Are we cutting this? No, we're not cutting this.
0: We can leave it. (laughs) We can leave it.